0: Um, Praise the Lord anyway. 2017, a brand new year and um, I really believe that this week and next week we're going to bring messages that are a little bit prophetic and I know that often uh, in churches at this time of the year it's traditional to bring a vision for the church. I want to do something a little bit different. I mean you know our vision, it's written down there on that piece of paper and you're welcome to take that one of them every couple of weeks to remind yourselves if you like about the vision that we have. Um, for this church, but one of the things we're, we're really, really solid on is the idea that the purpose of Sunday is Monday. right? The reason why God gathers us together for Sunday Connect is so that we can actually be scattered into the world when we walk out of the door. So the purpose of Sunday is not Sunday per se. The purpose of Sunday is actually equipping the saints for the works of service out there in the world, wherever you happen to be in the world, and so this this um, Sunday next Sunday, I want to talk a bit about you. So we'll hear the words "me," which refers to me, but also you as me, if you understand what I mean. I want to I what I, I see these next couple of weeks is setting each one of us up for 2017. And I believe that as each of you flourishes individuals. Then the church, the body which is collected together for Sunday Connect, it will prosper. Not the other way around, if you understand what I'm saying. That the church that prospers, the church that grows, the church that develops is the one that has healthy people in it. And our heart's desire is not like Church Gold Coast. is that everybody who sits in our uh, facility on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night, they will be people who are flourishing, who are thriving end their life with Christ. Now everybody knows I like a little bit of country music so just to get things going today I've got a nice little video for you. My year. There you go. Something I just want you to remember. This is my year. That is in reference to yourself. And um, I, I reckon that's a prophetic uh, encouragement actually to see 2017 as your year. So I actually reckon it's okay to ask yourself this question What's in 2017 for me? Alright? What's in 2017 for me? And I've actually um, titled the uh, discussion point for today Called 2017 And uh, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about calling But the most important message I want to get across today, And I actually do believe this is prophetic Because I've spent time on this during the week It's a time for me so, for everybody, for um, for Liam, it's a time for you, Liam, for David, it's a time for you, David, for Ainsley, it's a time for you, for everyone sitting in this room today, it's a time for you, it's a time for you, Andrew, yeah, you and your motorbike, the one shall become two, Is it something like that, oh, I thought that was too really good to be true, but anyway, anyway, I love that Facebook post you put up there, Andrew, I thought that was great, and you know, motorbikes don't talk back. Hallelujah! <laughs> Mind you, they might throw you every now and then. But <laughs> oh, fabulous, hey? Yeah, so you know what? It's okay to want things for you. It's okay to see 2017 as a year for your breakthrough. And my heart is to see every one of you guys thrive in 2017. And I believe that as you thrive, so too will ignite Life Church. Yes, it is a time for me. I just want to read um, a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to get you to help me with these scriptures a little later on too, but right at the beginning of the third letter of John, it's probably the shortest um, book in the Bible, actually it doesn't even take up a whole page in mine, but John is writing to the elder, the beloved Gaius, and this is what he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And although this is a letter written by one individual to another individual, I believe it actually has uh, application in 2017 for every one of you. Beloved, I pray that you, 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 you singular, you may prosper in all things. I often pray, you know, for people, may everything you turn your hand to today prosper under God. So to each one of you, my prayer is that everything you turn your hand to, in all things, may you prosper under the hand of God. And if you want to affirm that every day, just read Psalm 91. It's a great prayer of blessing and prayer of protection. As you live in the shadow of the mighty wings of God, you will be blessed. And I believe that God's word for us as individuals for this year. May you be in health. You know what? See 2017 as a year of healing. I dare say every one of us has something in our lives that we'd like to see healed. Jeanette has celiac disease. That's a genetic disease. Pretty good, that nice little pun, don't you think? Jeanette has a genetic disease? ha. <laughs> Oh well, okay. Don't laugh. That's all right. At least I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time up here. But you know, why can't why can't Jeanette be healed of celiac disease in 2017? You know, there's nothing in the Word of God that says by His stripes only some of your sicknesses and diseases have been healed. And when Jesus said from the cross, "It is finished," He didn't say, "It is finished," except for. yeah, that's right. And uh, I don't know how many silly yaks there are on the face of the earth, but, yeah, you didn't get that one either, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the first day of the new year and I stayed up late last night. <laughs> Drank a lot of ginger beer and lemonade. Yeah, and sampled some other things. But I'll tell you what. Be in health. See yourself in health in 2017. And may your soul prosper. May your soul prosper. That is your your thoughts and your emotions, your, your feelings. May that be a source of prosperity for you in 2017. I love it. 2017 is a year in which I can thrive, you can thrive. It's a year for me. Just refer back to that little song, right? It's my year. You claim it. You claim it and you hang on to it, every single one of you. It's your year. I have absolutely no doubt about that. See this as your year of success, no matter what it is that's on your heart to succeed in 2017, be it in employment, in study, whatever it happens to be, in healing, uh, in what they call family completion, you know the, the academics call having children family completion, And um, praise God that that might happen for some, not not might, but that will happen for some in 2017. A couple of other points I'd like to make. It's also time for us to follow Jesus. And I see um, Aces looking up the scripture and because it's easier I'll get her to read it out. Mark 8.34, by the way the big duck there, that's Jesus. Where the little duck's following behind, or <laughs> paddling <laughs> like mad to keep up. Mark eight thirty-four. Sorry, it's not That's all right. 34, 34. Yep. It's, oh, not sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, I. You want me to, I can <laughs> so look at it. Um, then he called the crowd to him along. With the disciples and says, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take their Yeah. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. You know, I've heard this preached about many, many times and it often makes me feel a bit depressed actually that I've got to give up everything I enjoy and kind of, alright, I'm going to put my cross over my shoulder and I'm going to kind of stumble and stagger through life. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower. Oh, oh! I'm a following Jesus. Oh, it's so joyful to follow Jesus. No, do you know what? That's an invitation to just follow Jesus full time. Okay, an invitation and exhortation to be a full time Christian. Do you know what? A lot of Christians are actually Sunday morning Christians. And many don't mean to be. You know, Sunday morning, because we get together, we're full of faith, you know. We can we can pray faith-filled prayers. We can believe God for all kinds of things. We walk out and we we go into the world where we happen to be on Monday and suddenly we've got no faith anymore. We're being called to be full-time Christian. So 2017 is your year to be a full-time Christian and carrying your cross. It's not about a range of self-denial. It's not about being burdened and being weighed down by this idea that I've got to carry all this stuff. No, Jesus did that once and for all. It's really about seeing yourself as a full-time Christian. And it starts in your soul. It starts in your thought life. It starts up here. It's cerebral to start with. And as your soul prospers, you will prosper in all things. So as you become a full-time Christian, your soul prospers and then all of these other things will follow. So it's an invitation to be what I call a full-time Christian. Okay, It's not a weighty, heavy thing, you see, because Jesus is always invitational. And so practice leaving this place after Sunday Connect or after Wednesday Connect, and chasing it with you, being the same person out there that you are in here. And I don't mean being a goody-goody two-shoes. I want you to be a goody-goody two-shoes, but it's more about how you are eternally, how you see yourself in Christ, in all things, in all places, and in all situations. Don't you love that? That's what it's about. Being a full-time Christian, so if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, make a resolution to be a 100% rigid edge, fair dinkum, full-time Christian. It's a time to answer the call as well in 2017. Now, I know that we've all made a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. We've accepted his invitation to have a personal relationship with God, the creator of the whole universe. Through him. You know, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. None can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. But I do think, even though, you know, we're we're Christians, we've made that commitment. I'm just going to read Romans 10, verse 9. And I'll get someone else, if they can, to find Acts 16, 30-33 for me. I'll just find Romans 10. Romans ten nine. It, you know, the salvation thing is so simple. If anybody asks you how do I how how do I become saved, it's pretty simple actually. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <laughs> pretty simple formula, isn't it? Confess with your mouth, speak out the truth, Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that God actually did raise him from the dead, that the resurrection is true, and of course following that, that the ascension is something that actually happened, and Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! Who's got the Acts? Have you got that one ready to go, Dave? Uh, acts 16, 30, 33 He then brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, that's Paul and Father. believe in the Lord Jesus, you, and you and you and you will be saved. You and your household. They then spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all of his household were baptized. There you go. That was the jailer. That was the jailer. Remember, there was a miracle, and they were released uh, from their chains. That the jailer thought um, the the worst that all the prisoners would escape and that he would lose his life because that's what happened under the law back then. But uh, instead he had the opportunity to be, to be saved. And what's the essence of salvation? Believing in Jesus. So believe Jesus was, that is, an historical figure, and believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And sometimes he was referred to as Son of Man, meaning he was fully human. Sometimes he referred to himself as the Son of God, meaning he was fully God. Fully human, fully God. The only person ever in the whole of history to be fully human and fully God. If you believe that Jesus is who he said he was, then you will be saved. It's so simple, isn't it? It is so simple. I want to talk very briefly about two other calls that I've called the second call and uh, the third call. The second is the call to a God-given vocation, which uh, we can... Find a a reference to this in uh, John uh, 15. Just um, I I love the book of John actually. Um, It's one of my favourite books in the whole Bible. Although it's pretty hard to um, actually have a a favourite book. But it's interesting that you know the the truth has been twisted through history. And uh, see, I don't I don't actually agree necessarily with the idea that Satan is a big fat liar. Right he just twists the truth a little bit you see we can pick the big fat lies it's also easy for us to pick just a tiny little bearing away from the truth and early on in church history that the church developed this notion that work other than the work of the priest was actually not a good thing it was necessary it was as it were a necessary evil that you should never trust anybody in business, that working with your hands was both uh, literally and metaphorically or figuratively dirty. And uh, it really wasn't until the Reformation that there was a change in the attitude of the church um, toward work. And, And one of the great contributions that Luther made was reintroducing to Christianity the idea of vocation, or in German, the word was Beruf, and uh, B E R U F. I think it's one F. And um, they established Beruf Academies and I've actually been to one. They they are a little bit like um, technical colleges, but they they offer full full university level degrees, like the, they have what they call polytechnics in New Zealand, which are a, co- a combination, if you like, of, of a taste and a university. And and uh, Borussia academies often run uh, exclusively, for example, in engineering or in IT, and uh very technically um, oriented. And this idea of vocation began to take on uh, in the church with with the Reformation. It's one of the greatest contributions of the Reformation because what what um, Luther was saying was actually, you know, what in Christ. There is no hierarchy of work. You can be the Pope and your work is no more important to God than your work packing shells in Woolworths or uh, driving a, um, what do you call it, a forklift or studying in high school. Well, I don't know whether that's work, but um, you probably use more energy sitting down doing nothing than watching TV. But anyway, because you actually move, anyway. You, you scratch your ear and that when you're not watching TV. Your ear, I said, when, you watch, when you're watching TV. And, um, and so on. So, wonderful contribution. It's the idea that our work actually matters to God. All work matters to God. And in our work, we're able to give expression to, to neighbour love by being well prepared for the work that we do, by doing the very best that we possibly can under whatever circumstances come our way. We're giving God the glory and we're actually demonstrating love for our neighbours. You know, you're working in McDonald's. Be be the, um, the worker in McDonald's that people remember. Because of your friendly smile or your prompt service or whatever it happens to be, or accurate change or whatever it happens to be, calling is important now, you know i I believe that God has called me to a particular area, which is fundamentally what we call mission or business. and um I just want to read just to encourage you this very short passage from the book of John chapter fifteen verse sixteen, "You did not choose me." But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask in the Father in my name, He may give you. Now this is often used in reference to the idea that we're being um, called as Christians. But I think it also has specific application that we're called into a particular vocation, whatever it might happen to be, and. Today we might not have fully worked out exactly what that call is and that's okay. This is not about creating any kind of anxiety in your heart. This is to encourage you that God has a vocation for each one of us, a vocation in which we will bear fruit, we'll bring him glory and we will bless others and that's only the start of the fruit that we will bear because there will be personal reward as well. And that's, that's fabulous. And I, there, there's... Um, Reference to that in Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs as well. That we should enjoy the fruit of our labour. Oh, I love that. When you sit and meditate about that, God's intention is that we would enjoy the fruit of our labour. But here we are, we're bearing much fruit because we've done what Jesus has chosen us for. And then, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. May not as in, Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But as in, he will give you. That's a, a strong use of the word there. So when we're, we're lined up with the Lord, when we're sort of going down that railway track that the God, that the Lord has built for us, you know, not only are we bearing fruit, but we're enjoying the fruit that we bear and we're asking the Lord for provision and for blessing in that vocation and he... Is saying yes to every one of our prayers. Let me take you now to Acts twenty, uh, verse twenty-two. And I believe really strongly in this. You know that um, there is a third call, what what I would call a God-given assignment. And look, I'm not trying to present this as some strict uh, doctrine or, or, or deep theology. And again, this is not meant to put anyone under any kind of condemnation. But he's really to encourage us. And uh, this verse, and there are many other verses actually in the book of Acts in particular, that talk about being constrained or guided by the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 20 verse 22. Um, and see, and this is Paul speaking, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit, or constrained by the Spirit in some versions. I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, Not knowing the things that will happen to me there, in verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that change and tribulations await me. This idea of being bound in the Spirit is hearing from the Holy Spirit day by day by day, or month by month, or year by year, the specifics of our assignment. You know, I, I even pray, I'm not ashamed of saying this, I'm selfish enough to pray that God will guide me to work every day and tell me what route to take and if I'm on the M1, what lane I should be in. Because I don't want to waste time sitting around on the motorway. And um, so my, my assignment at the moment, my full-time work, my assignment is at Christian Heritage College where I'm Vice President Academic. That's an assignment that could change. God could take me and assign me somewhere else in order to fulfil that vocational calling in missional business, which is on my life. So that that first calling, that call to salvation, of course, that's universal. That never changes. And I've spoken about that in one of our discussion points already. Then there's this idea of a God-given vocation. You know that God actually has a particular work for each one of us. And then, furthermore, He loves us so much, and He's so considerate of each of us as individuals that he will actually map out for us the details of his assignment and it could be even on a daily basis. I just love that about the Lord and so I believe that's something you can want for 2017. And remember this is about me. Say that. This is about me. I'm giving you permission to be self Think in 2017 because God wants to bless you individually. He wants to do something radical in your life. He wants to see you prosper in all things and to be in hell.